pew, 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 pew. Welcome back to the Brick House Podcast. You're tuning in to the first of three end of year reviews. Today, we dive into film and TV that skipped the screen and filled our stream. I'm Andrew Passaro, alongside my favorite musical savant, the one, the only, Giuseppe Antonio, Joseph Brennan. How we doing, brother? We survived 2020 for the most part. We still got a little bit of time, but we survived. Well, we still have uh, 12 days left. But yeah, I am still, I'm still living. If you recall from 351 days ago, I said one of my goals of 2020 was to not join the 27 Club. And here I am, reading a week, still breathing. You're not dead yet. Well, it's not your birthday yet. You're not 28 yet. Like I said, I still have 14 days. This is true. I'm, I'm really proud of you. I do want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody. Happy Hanukkah to our uh, Jewish listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in all year. Thank you guys for tuning in into season three, which is, I mean, we are we are in the back stretch here of season three. As you guys know, we do 15, uh, 15 episodes a season. So uh, we, are, we are closing in on the end of season three. This is episode 12, and as we kind of already alluded to, we're going to talk about some of our favorite TV and movies that we watched this year, some of which came out this year, some of which did not. And I, I just want to say credit to myself. I have a Google Doc called The List, and on The List, I did my best to write down every single TV series that I started this year. I tried to do my best with every new movie. I tried albums. That didn't work successfully. I came up with this list, and not a time of pure discovery and creativity, but in fact, the polar opposite. I was very hungover and actually on a first date when this idea popped into my head and it's the net positive that came out of that first date, but I came up with the list and I have at least 39 TV shows that I watched for the first time in 2020 at, at a minimum, like a soft minimum 39 TV series that I watched for the first time this year. Is that disgusting? Is that inappropriate? Like, should I be concerned about myself? Do you also have a list of books that you read this year? I don't think I've read a full book this year. Have Have you read a half a book? I read like the first quarter of High Fidelity at the beach. Okay, that's a start. I, I will say, we'll talk some movies. It's mainly going to be like a TV show episode because with the movie theaters closing due to COVID, kind of not really a fair... Like, I feel bad for the Oscars this year because... How are you really supposed to judge things? Like, I did want to see Tenet. I did want to see a couple other movies that were supposed to come out this year. In fact, I was I was doing research for this uh, for the pod today, and I was like, oh, I would have seen that movie. I would have seen that movie. And it's like, damn, I, I really – I do miss going to the movie theater. I hope movie theaters survive. I know there's a lot of discussion that they might not. But before I dive into my list, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BrickHousePod, at Andrew Passaro, at ba-da-da-da-da-da for the latest and greatest um, of our shenanigans. Joe had some fun with the shenanigans this week on the IG. We had a little snow day this week. But, Joe, what would you say were some of your favorite television shows this year? I know my list is longer, so I'll let you go first. All right, so to preface all of my picks for this podcast, as you know, it's very difficult to get me to watch anything in the movies or on TV. So most of my TV and movies are actually from years past. So recently, I really got into the show Atlanta. It took me a really long time to get into it, but I have to say I am absolutely in love with it. I love the unpredictability, I guess that's a word. If not, it's a word now, 
of every episode. It doesn't run in like a chronological timeline. One episode, you could be learning about Paperboy. The next episode, it takes you back into their youth when they're in grammar school. Another episode, you're you're seeing Darius buy a piano, or not even buy it, get a piano for free off some some weird dude that apparently is Donald Glover, just in whiteface. One of the wildest episodes of television in the last five years. Fantastic, fantastic. If you love music, if you love television, it's it's fantastic. The character development, the cinematography, the music, it's fantastic. So Atlanta, I watched a little bit of the Wu Tang saga. I like that, enjoyed it. Not as good as Atlanta, but if you're a hip hop head, check it out. There's another show on Hulu which I stumbled upon called The Mike Tyson Mysteries. It's like Scooby Doo, except like raunchier, and instead of Scooby and Shaggy, it's Norm MacDonald as a pigeon and Mike Tyson as Mike Tyson. That's amazing. <laughs> it's yeah, all the episodes are ten minutes long and it is probably one of the funniest things you'll ever watch on Netflix. Or Hulu, you said. Oh sorry, Hulu, yes. I want to jump off your Atlanta list, which I was really disappointed. Atlanta was supposed to have another season this year in it was supposed to de- debut in late 2020, but because of the pandemic, they weren't able to film it. It's going to come out in 2021. But there's another show on FX. Actually, there's a couple shows on FX that are on my list, but the one that I really want to highlight, and it's got big time Atlanta vibes. I only watched it like a week and a half ago, and it, it only debuted in March, and I wish I'd watched it right when it came out. And that's Dave, and the, it's the show by written by Lil Dicky, and it is, I don't know how autobiographical it is. His real-life hype man is in there playing a fictionalized version of himself. There's been a whole bunch of celebrities and famous rappers and musicians who have been in it. I loved it. I crushed it in like a weekend, and I could not stop watching it. It had very much Atlanta vibes in the sense of like trying to become an artist and grow. It also had entourage vibes in the sense of he's doing this with like his roommate and his and one of his best friends from childhood who, who's his producer and makes his beats. It has that like Seinfeld esque writing style and and like self deprecating humor. And Little Dicky is also your doppelganger. Have we talked about that? that? Yes, we have. So I don't think that, but I did have a girl come up to me at a bar after my friend was a drunk asshole to her and her friends. I was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry for my friend. Apologize. She came back two minutes later. She goes, by the way, you look like Little Dicky. And then she bought me a beer. I was like, all right, I'll take I'll take it, but. Uh, yes, I loved it. I could not watch. I'm very pumped for season two. I, I think that show is is in my list of some of the best shows that I watched this year. Other shows that I really liked that came out this year, two that were popular prior to the pandemic, and that would be You, which was the serial killer stalking type vibe. I really I dug through that real quick. I don't know if it's accurate, but I got some comparisons to the lead star of You this year. I don't. I get it. Except that guy's to books what you are to music, minus the fact that you stalk people and kill them. But he's very like off the grid in a same way, that, in a similar way that you can be. Oh, not to your knowledge. This is true. You live in Queens and I live in Brooklyn and we don't see each other anymore. So it is what it is. Succession, which is on HBO. It's a fantastic show. The problem that I have with Succession, and I don't think it's ever going to be one of my favorite TV shows, is that everybody's an asshole, and I can't find out who I like the most and who I want to root for, because they're all horrible people to each other. To some extent, it's like the Kardashians of the business world of of like a giant conglomerate that's almost... As, it, it. I think also, too, it's somewhat... It's not actually about them, but it definitely has Disney Channel, like the Disney company vibes, because they own theme parks, but they also own like a major news network. Like They own everything, and they're just filthy rich and treat everyone 
like absolute shit. The new season of Curb Your Enthusiasm was incredible. Hi, I'm Larry David. I want to tell you about a new store I'm opening called Latte Larry. Why am I getting into the coffee game? Because I went to this coffee shop next door and the guy was such a jerk that I felt like I had to do something. And now you know what? I got me a little spite store. Tremendous things in there, by the way. You're going to love it. Look at this. I haven't watched every season of Curb, but I'm excited for the following season that they're going to do next year because they're going to be able to talk about all the pandemic stuff. So that's going to be amazing. I have to say I did watch one episode of the new Curb Your Enthusiasm at like four in the morning when I was heavily intoxicated. But I do remember loving it. couple crime shows that I absolutely love. The series, the new season that came out was incredible. And that's Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is just as good, if not better, than Breaking Bad. I said it. A lot of people don't like Saul as much as I do. I like Saul more than I like Walter White, but that's my that's me. Actually, it's my dad, too. He may or may not listen to this, but I agree with you, Dad. Better Call Saul, better than Breaking Bad. Narcos Mexico, which was like the last season of the – or the latest season of – the series that started in Colombia, they've moved up to the Mexican drug lords, loved that. And then the other one was Ozark, which put out a new season, which was really good. Ozark's kind of, I mean, it's more money laundering than actual like drug production, but I really enjoyed it. Michael Bateman's incredible in that. And there's a really funny clip in this season, which I had written down on the list for if we ever started talking about REO Speedwagon, where they're like trying to get these people to come to their casino and the dentists are like, we'll only show up if you get REO Speedwagon to show up. And it's like this giant dental conference with like thousands of doctors. And they're like, you can get us to come. But REO Speedwagon has to be there. And it's like, all right. I, I, I don't fuck with REO Speedwagon like that, but I, I get it. If you had a conference such as that, what band or artist would you require to be there? Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. You're putting me off, off the top of your dome. Off it, can't be, it can't be too, like out of the water it has to be like some realistic kind of artist that that has free time to do it i mean if it's a conference and i'm like turning up like is drake too much to ask for but he's not gonna come like are you speedwagon is a good answer Ar- drake would do it for a check but oh, does action. your company have bronson. that kind of money it's does your bronson. company have drake it's action money? bronson it's action yeah he would come he would come. it actually actually would pull up for a check like and also like they're they're in like the middle of the ozarks he'd show up go fishing for some catfish do like a sick episode of fuck that's delicious and make content out of it it's it's action bronson that's that's the answer a couple docs that i liked that um the the michael jordan documentary is i watched that and i think i talked about it on the podcast at some point this year probably during the the quarantine chronicle episodes that we did watching those made me want to at some point in my career work on a documentary series not necessarily like history based one where like we're talking about a historical like political figure but the idea of working on a doc a doc series on either like a cool content creator or a cool musician or an athlete that i really liked and digging into their life and getting sick interviews with everyone because the coolest thing about that doc was that they got everybody from michael's coaches to his all of his teammates to even isaiah thomas and the meme that came out of it was and i took that personally which has been all over the internet that was amazing. And and obviously we missed, I mean, we had Jordan, we're both born in 93. You probably just like me remember Jordan being on the Wizards rather than him being on the Bulls. To go back and live through that and, and really like Jordan was the first international superstar, I would say, for American sports. To watch all the footage that they had of that was incredible. I loved that. 
the other one was, and, it, and this also took over the. It only happened in March, but it, and it feels like years ago. But the Tiger King doc. I've had some kinky sex. I have tried drugs through the younger years of my life. I'm broke as shit. I have a judgment against me from some bitch down there in Florida. Oh my God. I am never gonna financially recover from this. One of the wildest 10 episodes of television that I've ever watched in my entire, like if you didn't watch Tiger King, I honestly want you to stop listening to this episode right now, pause it, go watch the 10 episodes right now and then finish this episode. Okay, Andrew, I gotta stop talking to you right now because I have to finish the last eight episodes of Tiger King. <laughs> Dude, you gotta watch. It's, it's all the, the one thing that is concerning that came out of Tiger King is that everyone made a hero out of him and he 100% deserves to be in prison. And whether or not he tried to kill Carol Baskin, he deserves to be in prison for the all the animal cruelty that he dealt Didn't with. Didn't Shaquille O'Neal go to his like tiger farm and buy tigers? I think that was a different person who was on the show. So there was three, four different people that they profiled on that show. They, they did... The actual Tiger King, they did Carol Baskin. They did this guy who essentially had a Doc, Doc Antle, who had, a, had like a sex cult in North Carol North Carolina, South Carolina. And then they had the dude, they like casually put into the Doc, oh yeah, this is the guy that Scarface is pretty much, you know, based on this Cuban guy who used to smuggle cocaine into the United States inside of snakes because it's like, they're going to check your suitcase, but they're not going to check this tub of snakes. And then he would either like, squeeze the coke out of them or just kill the snake and cut it open and like that guy had that guy had a monkey that they had like a chimpanzee where they had like a imagine like a closet full of just like kids costume that they just had for the chimpanzee so that show was it was it was amazing and it's like as great as the the tiger king story was it's like can we can we go back to the to the guy who snuck all the drugs into the united states like i want to hear like where's where's the whole doc on that guy they also barely got into that guy's house in the first place so that was all the the documentaries i have i have two shows that i think you would really really like actually the first of which and i think i mentioned this on pod already queen's gambit was incredible i really liked it it's why everyone's getting back into chess and i'm it's right up your alley i've always been into chess what do you mean getting back into chess okay well fine i really enjoyed it strong female lead who's an absolute bad bitch. Very, very good show. And the other show that you would really like, it's called Brockmire. They had their final season that debuted in 2020. The main guy, Hank Azaria, is like a stand-up comedian. He's done a whole bunch of things. But he's also, uh, he does the voices of, a, of at least one character on The Simpsons, if not more. And it's a show about the voice of a Major League Baseball team who finds out that his wife is cheating on him and then has a major breakdown on the middle of a radio broadcast and then he gets sent down to like work with a minor league baseball team that's not actually attached to any of the baseball teams and he's a complete degenerate like does an alcoholic drug addict and it's his journey of it starts with him just being like a complete degenerate and he eventually like cleans his life up you would really like it because it's half like baseball and half radio broadcast and half guy doing funny drunk things. see you'd love brockmeyer it's just right up your alley I think I think you would um enjoy that quite a lot. It's definitely, you know, baseball, alcohol. And he's an old school dude. Like he's a guy who doesn't want to be on social media and one of the main characters is his oh, just like, like social me. media assistant. So uh yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. Other shows that I liked that I had on my list, going back to my crime series Snowfall, which is about 
the beginning of the crack epidemic in Southern California and how crack began. It's on FX. It's four seasons. I watched all of it, including the most recent season. I really liked it. Does it delve into how Ronald Reagan and the CIA planted crack into L.A.? Yeah, actually it does. Like the CIA, one of the main characters is CIA, and he's literally using, he's selling, he's bringing cocaine in from Columbia, selling it to dealers in L.A. who are turning it into crack, and then the money that he's making from selling them the cocaine is going straight to the Contras. It's literally covering Iran-Contra while seeing this young kid go from being like a high school kid to being a drug kingpin. So I, I've been really, really digging it, and it it's very well done. We talked about the Wu-Tang series that both of us – you started it. I watched all of it. I cr- That was – one of those shows because it was getting dropped every week i was looking forward to oh this drops on tuesday and i knew that i was gonna it was like i get home from work and i'm watching the wu-tang show i thought it was really well done these last two only came out in like the last couple weeks but i've been a big fan of uh nick kroll's show big mouth which is a the animated show about puberty i enjoyed this season it's probably not my favorite i think they're making almost every episode to musical where they're putting in like a like a musical number like a like think on a Broadway play and yeah like the songs are funny and they're they're appropriate for the episode I mean I wouldn't say appropriate because there's a lot of swearing and a lot of they're fitting uh, discussion of puberty but I think they're forcing it a little bit too much and it's like I get it you want to do the whole musical bit but you can dial it back and just keep the humor for me and then the other one, that I really like that the season finale only dropped today. Mandalorian season two chefs. I, I like, I was so pumped for this whole series that there were nights that I literally stayed up till 3am when it dropped because it drops at midnight West coast time. And I, it's like, you know what? Like it's two 30. I haven't fallen asleep yet. Mandalorian drops in 30 minutes. I'll just stay back in the days when the bars were opened in Manhattan and Brooklyn. Uh, there were times that I would crash on your couch and there was a particular time when you just got Disney Plus and The Mandalorian just dropped. And I remember waking up early in the morning and putting on The Mandalorian Part 1. And normally, I'd watch an episode of whatever for 10, 15 minutes, brush my teeth, whatever, clean myself up, and catch the J-Train. But this particular time, I watched two episodes of The Mandalorian and said, holy fuck, this is so fucking good. Fuck the J-Train. And then I caught the J-Train after two episodes. They, This series has gone so well that Disney just announced three spinoff series that are going to take place in the same world. They're doing one with a character that they brought back from animated Star Wars shows, Ahsoka Tano, who was Anakin's Padawan. They're doing one on Rangers of the New Republic, which is going to be um, a variety of like you know characters working for the New Republic, and then they're doing a Boba Fett series. And they entered, they brought Boba Fett back in this past season. Boba Fett was such like a cool character in Star Wars that we never got to see him. Like we just saw him walking alongside Han Solo, and then he gets kicked into the Sarlacc in the movie. Like it would be like watching the Mountain in Game of Thrones not fight and like fuck people up. Watching Boba Fett fight in this series has been one of like the coolest things ever. It's perfectly written. I've been I very much enjoyed it. And the whole thing is that this series is like a it's a quote unquote spaghetti western set in Star Wars. Like it's a John Wayne movie set in a Star Wars universe, and I love it. 
And I'm very and and what they're doing is they're gonna have a climactic event. They're gonna have all four of these shows doing their own thing, and they're gonna have a climactic event uh, that brings all of them together. Kind of similar to what because Marvel and Disney are now the same company. Similar to what uh, Disney uh, Marvel did with the Avengers, they're gonna do the same thing with all of these you know TV shows where they're gonna bring all the characters together for these big events. And it's so well written, and it's the production value is insane. They're also gonna do like an Obi-Wan Kenobi series that they're bringing back Hayden Christensen. Disney Plus is putting out content almost comparable to HBO minus the, you know, nudity and swearing, which I would be also down for an R-rated Star Wars show, which has like blood, which has more like gore and has more of an adult attitude to it. I don't think they'll ever do it, but I would be I'd be down for that. Disney Plus Plus. Disney eighteen and plus. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> creepy. No, no, no. <laughs> that does that, that does not sound okay. So that's all the TV shows that I wanted to mention. Uh, I know there's a, a lot, but there's definitely more that I watched that I probably forgot. A couple shows that I didn't get to watch this year that I do want to. The Ted Lasso show. I just don't have Apple Plus. Ted Lasso was a character that NBC used for a commercial with Jason Sudeikis, where he takes over as a head coach, and I have probably watched that the commercial like. Over 200 times. Hey, how you doing? This is Ted Lasso. I'm the new head coach of the Tottenham Hotspurs. And uh, I'd like to talk to the queen, please. So I heard great things about the TV show. I just need to like pay. I waited to wait until Apple Plus finished all the episodes coming out. And then I'm going to like do Apple Plus for a month, watch it, and then cancel my subscription. So I heard great things about that. I also heard good things about The Crown. I wanted to watch The Plot Against America. And I did. I started Woke, but I didn't finish it. And um, that's on my list to finish. Movie-wise, Joe, what did you... I mean, there weren't a ton of movies that I went to. Like, I think the only movie I saw in theaters this year was Downhill, which was the Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell movie. And to be totally honest, like, it wasn't anything overly amazing. Oh, I watched Kings of Staten Island, King of Staten Island, which I thought was really good. The Pete, Pete Davidson movie. I would definitely recommend seeing that. But that's a Judd Apatow movie. Like, we were always going to love that. So I'm going to start from the top of the year. I watched this movie called The Master with Joaquin Phoenix. Really interesting movie. He's making alcoholic beverages illegally and giving it to him himself and his friend very odd just like most of Joaquin Phoenix's movies but if you're into him check out the movie there's also this Colin Farrell movie called The Lobster there's no lobsters in this movie also Disappointing. should we bring in the this, dancing this lobsters takes number two for the most bizarre movie I saw all year you'll get to the number one in a little bit and the last movie I saw in theaters Parasite actually I went to IFC back in late February with Mike from Fox Hollow. I had the pleasure of seeing Parasite on the big screen, and it was absolutely phenomenal. There's plenty of other movies I saw. A couple movies that I watched for the first time this year that I really liked. Uh, Sorry to Bother You, which is with one of the guys from Atlanta. Um, It's uh, Lakeith. Lakeith Stanfield. He was really good in that movie. Very weird movie, but I liked it. I watched Molly's Game which I had already played a couple games of poker this year, and that made me want to play more poker, which is not good for me and my lifestyle, which if you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you know I'm gambling on soccer every weekend. Follow Ghost Gold Pot for more of that. Donnie Brasco and Mean Streets. I both watched. I'm always trying to watch new gangster movies. Wait, you saw Mean Streets? Yeah. You finally watched watched Mean Streets? I watched a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was very convoluted. I liked it. I, I really kind of connected with Harvey Keitel's character in the sense of like he's trying to keep the peace between okay. everybody for me I, I watched that movie as like an introduction into 
how Martin Scorsese films movies. Not so much for the story, but because of the cinematography of the movie. It, it's so, it's so 100% Martin Scorsese. See, I wish I watched it before I'd watched more Marty Scorsese because it's so, not that it's different, but he's evolved so much from that movie that it was like, you know, and also I've watched Goodfellas a million times, but also I don't know how you watch Mean Streets and not want to just live in the Lower East Side of Manhattan and be in Little Italy and like hanging out over there like it, also watching that and seeing how much the city has changed since 1970 i mean it's been 50 years but i enjoyed that i really liked i think i liked donnie brasco to be honest more than i liked uh mean streets i did watch parasite this year i really enjoyed that i watched vice which i liked i watched you know me i'm not a big horror guy but i watched the movie ready or not which is like a sadistic take on um hide and seek other poker game that i liked was win it all and that's with um the guy who plays, I think it's Jake Johnson, not the guitarist, but the actor from New Girl, who I love, big fan of him in New Girl, which I don't know if you've ever watched. And then I, I put a, I put some movies on my list that I wanted to see. They put out a Capone movie with Tom Hardy this year, where Tom Hardy plays Capone, and I love Tom Hardy. I definitely we def, we would have gone to see this movie in theaters, and I think it's on Amazon Prime. So that's on my list as well to watch. What about anything, anything you're like, I also, I mean, I've, I've said this before privately, but never on pod. I need to watch Kill Bill. I've never seen either of those two. And uh, we, we obviously are big, you know, Tarantino, Scorsese, you know, guys on this pod. So I feel weird not having seen two of his more notable movies, but you know, none of us are perfect. During quarantine, I had ample time to watch movies that I ignored for the past X amount of years. Midsommar was one of the first movies I watched, and I have to say I was totally floored, totally blown away by how amazing and scary and creepy this movie was. Have you ever seen Midsommar? No, I haven't, but I heard you, you great things. You have to see it, man. It's, it's, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's, it happens all in the daytime, which makes a horror movie even more scary. Besides scary movies, I saw... You know the Ryan Gosling movie called Drive from like 2012? Yes. So. Haven't seen it, but no. I watched that as well. Love the soundtrack. It's like super like 80s synth kind of sound. Kind of like a love story in the first half. And then it takes a total twist in the second half. And then I watched Malcolm X as well. That was probably the coolest find that I, I saw this year. Spike Lee, Denzel Washington. Loved everything about it, especially the outfits and the swag walk that they had in the 1940s. And one other really cool movie was, it was called The Stranger. It was an old movie from 1946 with uh, Orson Welles, if you know uh, Citizen Kane or The Third Man. He's also the guy that read War of the Worlds on the radio and total... I had to listen to him read War of the Worlds in my radio production class and I fell asleep. Really? Wow. So back to Orson Welles. Uh, in the movie The Stranger, obviously starring Orson Welles, also starring Edward G. Robinson from The Big House of, of uh, 1930. I know you don't know old movies, but that was a big movie back in the 1930s. It's your run-of-the-mill, post-war, Nazi chase movie. War criminal escapes and changes his identity uh, in Connecticut, actually. But they find him. Sorry to ruin it for you. Great movie, though. Budget of about $1 million, grossed $3.2 million. You know, it's funny because I actually watched a TV show, a TV series this year called The Stranger, which is based on a book. 
and like the show opens and this like random woman goes up to this other woman it's like hey your father is really not your mother like your mom had an affair you're not actually you know and it was one of those tv series it had very of an agatha christie type vibe where just random things are happening very quickly and and it was it had like murder mystery type beat and there was blackmail going on and it was one of those shows where i couldn't stop watching like i it was like eight eight or ten episodes it's on netflix watching like a day and a half because like i can't stop there was one more movie that really stuck out to me this year uh, and i'll give this the award for the strangest find of 2020 uh, it's called the city of lost children it's from 1995 and it's actually starring ron perlman from hellboy and sons of anarchy Love me some but Ron Perlman. What makes this movie so weird? Um, so it's not in English, of course. It's in French, which made it very hard to understand. Uh, it has this weird, almost like Matrix kind of coloration. It's kind of that weird green, like that puke pea soup green, but it has like a yellow tint mm-hmm. as well. It has like a bizarre, creepy, warped like perception of buildings in it. Oh, and scientists also kidnap children and steal their dreams to preserve their own youth. But yeah, it, it's a very, very bizarre movie. I, I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there was a whole bunch of other TV shows that I watched this year, which there were some that were very good. Um, but I guarantee you, like, if you liked any of my recommendations that I listened to, if I, if you know, there's anything I watched or, or whatever, feel free to message me. We are going to dive into our tip. And this is a longer episode. We're going to have some longer episodes coming up. This is the year in review. This is probably the biggest you know, time for the pod. And the next two episodes are going to be two of our biggest. We'll do our favorite albums and our favorite songs of the year. We'll go through our, you know, we'll talk some about some of our own Spotify year in review stuff as well. Some of our favorite new artists, what we're excited for in 2021 and you know, like we've survived the year and this is what we've done. You know, I, I watched the most TV of the pod and Joe's going to put out a list of music of stuff that I've never heard of. So I'm, I'm very excited for the next couple episodes. But as I've mentioned before, we are trying to do some interviews on the podcast coming up soon. So if you're doing anything cool or creative, like you're making beats, you're making music, making clothes, have your own personal business. Yeah. Anything. If you want to hop on a call with us for 10 minutes max we're gonna you know grill you about what music and tv you've been listening to and then we're just gonna talk about you and let you plug your own stuff and and get your you know identity out there to the people who listen to this podcast and we'd love to you know help you tell your story that's really something we'd like to start doing with Brickhouse in 2021 so feel free to message us anytime anywhere at Brickhouse pod on instagram uh, at andrew passaro on twitter and instagram at on instagram trust me like uh, you know, Joe and I love creating content, but we like creating content with our people too. So if you want to come join us for the ride, we'd love to have you in 2021. And until next time, peace. And this is my house.
Bye.